You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Josh Neighbors here today for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is December 20th. 2021 and on today's show, I'll give my thoughts on the news of Buck Showalter being named the Mets manager, obviously division rival for the Nets. Talk about that and kind of the mixture of managers that we've got now in the National League East. It's an interesting one, kind of an older one too. And then we'll look at Joe Ross. We'll talk about the year he had. We'll talk about what he could do next year. Uh, Avoided a second Tommy John surgery, but did have an elbow injury keeping him out 2022. We'll see, can he put together another season and then maybe the Nationals consider him uh, giving him a couple years, uh, you know, giving him a contract. We'll explore that option. Um, or will the Nationals say no because of inconsistencies and, and performance and also health, they'll take a pass and, and kind of we'll speculate on what his 2022 could look like. That coming up on today's show. All right, so the first piece of news that we have to start with, and if this was a busier or more busy time, I would have kind of had this as a note, so we'd touch on it maybe towards the back end, but there's not a whole lot going on right now, and the biggest piece of news that we got from over the weekend was that Buck Showalter will be coming back out of his, I guess you say forced time because, you know, he he and the Orioles parted ways, but he is back and he is going to manage the New York Mets. So Buck is 65 years old. Uh, He has managed, let's see, I mean, a total of over 3,000 games in his career um, in Baltimore, in Texas, and in Arizona. And the fact that in Baltimore, he he had a 49% winning percentage in the American League uh, East, against Toronto and New York and Boston and Tampa, you know, all up 2018. Very impressive. I think that is very impressive. You know, won the AL East back in 2014. Um, But yeah, you know, this is a guy who is going to now be, you know, uh, taking control of the Mets. And I like the hire for them because it's somebody who's had the experience who is uh, somebody that, you know, obviously everybody talks about his scouting knowledge as well too, but he's won the Manager of the Year Award in the American League three separate times. He's got an over 500 career winning percentage. He's managed those 3,000 games like I talked about. I know he's a bit older, but 65 is not out of the question crazy, right? We've seen Ron Washington out there coaching. Obviously, Tony La Russa is not a spring chicken either. So age, you know, Tony La Russa is 77. So age-wise, Buck Showalter, you know, he is up there. But when you consider all the experience that Buck Showalter has, you know, it it makes sense for them because it's been an unstable situation, and this guy is a stable hand. And also, too, you know, I'm going to miss him on MLB Network as one of these weird things. This happens sometimes, too. You know, you get a guy who is a former player or former manager or a coach, and they'll go on TV and do a really good job, and they get plucked away, and you're like, oh, no, uh, I do not like that. I'm going to miss them on television. That's how I felt when John Lynch got let go, or not let go, but he decided to uh, move on from broadcasting to go to be the general manager. I think he's general manager, one of those whatever titles 
uh, it is, but go on to be the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. Um, obviously a Hall of Fame type player. You know, he's inducted actually this past year in 2021. Uh, Hall of Fame player, really good broadcaster. He worked so well with Kevin Burkhart. Obviously, if you're a baseball fan, you're very familiar with Kevin Burkhart because he does baseball too, and I think he does a very good job. But he and John Lynch were my favorite combination uh, on football broadcasts, for Fox at least, and I didn't like seeing him go. The same thing too. I love Buck Showalter in the studio, whether it's MLB Tonight or whatever, you know, those shows they have um, on MLB Network, whatever, I forgot the programs they have. But he is really good. His commentary is really good about a lot of things. I, I respect his knowledge. And so, you know, let's see how he uh, reacclimates, reassimilates himself, the life of being a manager. And, and it can be tough at that age to come back. You see, it doesn't always work out for guys who are that old. But, you know, in cases like Tony LaRussa, it does work out. And, and he had a lot of success this year. And I didn't necessarily think he would have a lot of success. So let's see. A lot, Obviously, building a connection to the players is important. But I think with Luis Rojas, that was a big point of contention is, do you, you know, the, do you want a guy who is uh, too, flen- too friendly or, or t- the players like him too much? I, I don't think that was necessarily the problem with, with, with uh, Luis Rojas. Luis Rojas, excuse me. I don't necessarily think that was the issue with Rojas, but this is a bit more towards the authoritarian, but, you know, a bit more of an older, old school, you know, uh, manager, a guy who's been around the block for a while and a, a respected guy. And, um, you know, I think with the cats they have in that locker room, obviously DeGrom and they got Scherzer now and, uh, you know, Lindor and, and Jeff McNeil. I mean, it's going to be a group of personalities, but I think Buck is equipped to, to work with them. It's going to be interesting to see how much input the front office has and the lean on analytics and also, uh, you know, how Buck Showalter uh, factors in with that kind of stuff too. And, and it feels like now more than ever that Geyser's being handed the lineup card, right? Um, we'll see if that's going to be the, the kind of the theme moving forward, or is that going to be a situation, uh, you know, where there is some contention. It always seems like there is some, some with the Mets, consternation, contention, whatever you want to call it. But we'll have to see. You know, on its face, I like the hire. I cover college football. In addition, I cover college sports in general. In addition to doing baseball, Lockdown Big 12 podcast, check that out. But uh, Danny Cannell always jokes, um, from CBS Sports and Cover 3 and Sirius. He always jokes, I give every hire a C plus because nobody knows if it's going to work out. So there you go. Start off, I'm going to take that uh, tact and give it a C plus. We really don't know how it's going to work out until things play out, but uh, I, I am curious to see. So Buck Showalter, obviously an, an acclaimed uh, manager, now enters the fold in the National League East. And it just makes the – there is a really interesting group – of managers now because you've obviously got Don Mattingly with the Marlins, great player, championship type player, obviously, and now has moved on into his coaching career. And I think a lot of people uh, think he's done a good job so far as a manager with the Marlins. You also, you know, you, you look at the Nationals with Dave Martinez, very interesting there, obviously world a world champion uh, manager. You also see Brian Snicker, now a new world championship manager uh, during his time. So you see that kind of coming in uh, as, as well. Joe Girardi, obviously a manager who has gone you know, to, to great lengths uh, in his day, and he is well-respected in the baseball community, especially as a manager and had that world championship back in 2009, but now trying to reach those heights 
once again with the Phillies. So look across, you know, with Showalter now and Martinez and, uh, you know, with uh, Joe Girardi and Don Mattingly and Brian Snicker, very eclectic group uh, of, of managers. And also not a lot of youth. Like it's, it's, a, it's a relatively older group of managers, right? Brian Snicker is, is not, you know, not a young guy. Uh, obviously, Joe Girardi is now, I believe, up in his 50s or 60s. I think he's in his 50s, uh, 57, right? Brian Snicker is 66. Buck Showalter, as I mentioned, he is in his 60s as well. Um, Dave Martinez is, is younger-ish, younger-ish. Uh, Don Mattingly, I believe he is in his 50s. If he's not 60, he's just turned 60 years old. So bit of an older group in terms of managers, guys who've been around the block, but a lot of experience as well. So uh, obviously the big you know, talking point here, Buck Showalter hired as the Mets manager. All right, quick break here coming up. When we come back, we'll take a look at some of those pitchers who are in the back end of the Nats rotation this year. But first, word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to Built.com today. That's Built.com to check out all of the delicious Built Bars available during this holiday season, you should grab some. Uh, they're delicious. They taste like a candy bar, even better than a candy bar sometimes, and also much better for you than a candy bar. Delicious and healthy. They've got flavors right now like raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. All those right now are available. So you get a built.com today. It's built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D, one five locked fifteen. You'll receive a fifteen percent off discount uh, right now. So go to built.com. Check out their built go, their built boost, in addition to their built bars. And once again, use that promo code locked fifteen today at built.com. All right. So the next part of today's show, let's look at some of those guys that factored into the back part of the Nationals rotation. Really, not even the back part. I mean, there really wasn't a set. Uh, established order of things last year. We thought there would be, right? To start off last season, the big three was back. Scherzer, Patrick Corbin, Strasburg, all there, all rearing, all ready to go. They added John Lester, a move that I was not very fond of at the time. There's your four. So the conversation was, hey, who would be fifth? Austin Voth really struggled. Austin Voth really struggled. Back in 2020, and I know it was a weird season, but not impressive enough, in my opinion. Uh, you know, not you know, quality enough. Not even impressive. Uh, he lacked impressiveness. Uh, not enough quality there to justify his spot. So it came down to Joe Ross and Eric Fetty, in my opinion, battling it out for that final spot. It felt like Ross got the nod, and then you know the injuries began to kick in. And Joe Ross and Eric Fetty obviously both becoming full-time parts of the Nationals' starting rotation. I talked about Fetty on the last show, so if you, once again you want to hear that, you can go back and look. But Joe Ross, to me, I really enjoyed Joe Ross's last season. I thought he had a lot of strong starts, and for him, uh, one more year of arbitration becomes a free agent now in uh, 2023, uh, opted out of that 2020 season, so it bumped things back for him just a little bit. And I know he's coming off the injury. Uh, I might have accidentally, the last 
few podcasts said, like you said, you know, surgery or whatever. This was not a situation where he had surgery, right? Uh, if you remember, he gets hurt in about mid-August, I think the 17th in that area, uh, is where they decided to shut him down for the rest of the year. But the hope was that they avoided surgery. And we all believe uh, that's the case unless some secret surgery has occurred. That's obviously a big factor kind of weighing over this entire situation about whether or not he can repeat performances. But he had a really strong year. And for him, uh, you know, I know, once again, it was cut short. But 20 games pitched, uh, 19 starts, which is tied for the most of his career back in 2016. He made 19. Now, he had a 5-9 and nine record. But we all know that's not how you measure things, right? I mean, he had a 4.17 ERA last year and uh, threw 108 innings. So we know how misleading, you know, the wins and the losses are, so we're not going to pay too much attention to that. But it got off to a, uh, you know, a decent start. He had a nice April. May was very difficult for him. It has six ERA in the 27 innings he pitched there. But June really settled down for him. Uh, not settled down. I mean, he was it was immensely effective. Uh, the Nationals in games he pitched that month were three and two. Uh, and he pitched five games in the month of June, three and two uh, on the month. But I was at the performance that he had, this best game I thought he pitched all season. June 13th was a Sunday uh, where he shut out the Giants. Eight innings, five hits, nine Ks. He was really effective, 108 pitches. And I was there with my grandfather, and I was there with my father as well. Dad's a Nats fan. You know, he enjoys the Nats dudes, but... Really, like, he's, he doesn't react a ton to a lot of sports and, and even live. Sometimes, you know, he just kind of sits there and, and enjoys the game and watches it. And my granddad, you know, he doesn't watch a ton of baseball. actually stopped watching after the strike in the 90s. Um, both of them gave Joe Ross a standing ovation as he came off that day. And, you know, just to kind of impress them, you know, two bystanders who don't really, uh, you know, watch a ton of time. My dad watches a decent amount. But... Just to be that impressive, you know, to get those standing ovations, and the crowd was giving him that too. We know what he's capable of. Once again, 32 innings pitched, 32 and a third, 1.95 ERA, um, and you know had a really strong month. Had one tough outing against the Mets, but still pitched very. It was was very effective. Then had a sub four ERA uh, in three starts in July. Uh, and, and was banged up, missed some time there in July. Then came back in August, made the two starts, really small sample size, but was injured. So he ended the season five and nine with a 4.17 ERA. And this just kind of leads you, you know, to think, hey, look, this is a guy that can hopefully eat some innings um, for the Nationals next year, but also a decent performer. This is a middle to the back of rotation guy. That is now proven, you know, he's had some ups and downs in it throughout his career. But last year at the age of 28, uh, you know, turned 28 during the season, he is in a position now where he's in a good age moving forward. I think the Nationals should look at maybe get signing him up for a few more years. Now, obviously they've got to wait to see the injury things, but if he continues on this track and is just a solid guy, you know, I think it's worth it because the Nationals know they need dependable starting pitching. There's no guarantee that Strasburg is going to deliver that, and he is under contract. Patrick Corbin, under contract, but performance has been slipping. 
Uh, now, consistent with the the innings, um, you know, he's been very, very consistent with, with pitching a lot. That's Patrick Corbin. But performances, not been there. We talked about that in the last show. But Joe Ross, hopefully he can be consistent with the amount of time he gives them. In that form last year, it just really seemed like he was in control, in command of his stuff for a, a majority uh, of the season. And really, I enjoyed watching him, you know, use that fastball, move it around. It was effective. It felt like he had good control of his pitches last year in a way that we had not seen in the past. I think this was a guy, and we talked about this a good amount last season as well, actually benefited from the time off. The time off, uh, you know, deciding not to play, I thought that could have been potentially disastrous for a guy like him coming up at the end of his arbitration cycle, you know, needing to hit the free agency market, not really being too proven. Obviously, had the good years, 15 and 16, but not recreating that very often, right? Not not putting that out consistently. Thought he needed 2020 to show people that uh, what kind of pitcher he was. I know he was part of the World Series winning team in 2019, but it's not like he pitched extremely well for a majority of that season. I thought he needed to bounce back in 2020, didn't play, and came back what we talked about. Very effective uh, in 2021. And, you know, the mixture of pitches, this is a guy that does come at you with four pitches, and he uses all four, right? We There's a lot of pitchers in the Nationals rotation that we've talked about that not using their pitches enough. Well, primarily a sinker guy, but uses a slider, uses the fastball, and then does throw the changeup uh, enough. You know, not at 6% is not a lot, but really, you know, he's got the three primaries that he's throwing and primary sinker, but he's using all four. He is mixing all four in there, and all four were effective. Now, the sinker, that primary uh, pitch last year, uh, you know, the slider was really good. Teams hit 194 off the slider last year. Teams only hit 220 off the fastball. They did have success against the changeup. And then sinker teams are hitting 266 off that. So as a primary pitch, you know, he had good command. He was doing a good job last year with that sinker pitch. And I think, you know, obviously if he can come back and keep refining those pitches, keep, uh, you know, uh, using them as effectively as we saw them, and obviously that fastball velocity up there uh, in the 90s, you know, he can heat that thing up a little bit. So if he continues on this track, I like the situation that Joe Ross is going to be in. And once again, that sinker is not a crazy fast pitch, but he's up there mid-90s, averaging about 93.5 miles an hour on that pitch. So he's a guy that's got a good mix of pitches, and we'll see. The curveball did make an appearance for him back in 2019, uh, it's the only time we've seen it. I'm not sure we're going to see that again. But uh, I think he's got material. I think those four pitches will be enough. Health for him is going to be the big question moving forward. But, look, I think we're at a point where we should maybe be talking about Joe Ross as an option for the Nationals in the future, just kind of locking a guy up like that for a couple years, maybe three years, uh, and, and somebody that you feel like is dependable to give you innings. Now, maybe you feel like he hasn't done it enough consistently in back-to-back seasons. Maybe the injury changes a lot of that. That's totally fine. I think it's an, a- an option the Nationals should begin to look into as he is in the last year of arbitration. But I think it's something the Nationals need to look at, something they can take advantage of. I think they will take advantage of that last year of arbitration. But once again, I think it's an option they need to begin to consider for the future. All right, one more break. Let you all know today's show is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the best place to get in 
on the action uh, today for anything. You know, if you want to bet on basketball, football, uh, NHL, NBA, you want to look at some next season's World Series odds, they've got that going on. So go to betonline.ag today. When you go there, sign up using the promo code Locked On when you deposit, and they'll give you a 50% deposit bonus. If you deposit 100 bucks, they'll give you an extra 50 to play with today at betonline.ag. Once again, promo code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, and they've got everything. I mean, Vegas casino games, props, NBA odds, uh, you know, bowl odds right now for college. So they got it all going on. Once again, betonline.ag is the spot. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, that will be it for today's show. We have got a uh, a crossover with Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres coming up uh, later on in the week. It's going to happen tomorrow, so I'll have that up on YouTube as well as in your podcast feeds. Uh, also going to look at some more guys, Paulo Espino and also Josh Rogers. Check in with those fellas and talk about really you know what their future could be with the Nationals short-term, obviously long-term. We'll talk about that too. We'll do that. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore as well. Find us on YouTube. Uh, just find Locked On Nationals. You can find it there. And also Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you guys get your podcasts. All right. Until next time, my friends, as always, especially right now, stay safe.